Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Let's go. This is the Chase in the Frame podcast, where we interview people in the TV and film industry, talking about their journey, how they got to where they are today. We do this podcast for the frame chasers. This is for those in the film industry, going hard, let them know who we are. Frame chasers, we're, we're not chasing the fame, no, no. Tell them what we do. Chasing the Frame. This is the Chasing the Frame podcast with your host, John DeMarco. Let's go. What up, Frame Chasers? It's Wednesday, and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today is episode 81, and today I'm with Ray Silver. Ray, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. That's how awesome. Are you? I'm doing fantabulous. How's that one? I one up you. I had to. I had to do it. Hey, you know, show, show. You got to do it. <laughs> I got it. I'm sorry. Uh, but... <laughs> Ray, by the way, is a actor, writer, casting director. Can I say anything else that I'm missing? By the way, I want to say director also, but I'm yes. No, okay, add it to the list. Okay, <laughs> checking it off the list. Director. Anything else? Producer. Yes. Okay. Said, yes, that's what I did. <laughs> All right, because I saw the IMDb. I was like double checking. I like to double check what my guests do, and I just saw acting, uh, actor, casting director, and writer, and I was like, let me just double check and see. What, what what else you know what else do you do so <laughs> so, so you but, know that's 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 very impressive that you went to the IMDb I'm very impressed right uh, you, know, you know I just gotta double check with a lot of my guests now because I'm I'm getting new people all the time and I just had to double check and make sure I I do a little due diligence. I like to do some due diligence, not all my due diligence, and knowing what the person's background is. I like to be surprised and ask questions from there. But uh, before we get into the show, I have some housekeeping, so we have to take care of that real quick. So first off, we have to thank our affiliate partners, Artlist.io. Uh, honestly, the best music licensing platform for any type of content creator. Thousands, thousands of new songs every day on unlimited downloads, which is always a plus, especially when trying to find music for any project. That is always the hardest part. Artlist.io makes it easy and simple, guys. If you join our affiliate link today, again, in the description, you then get a year and two extra months free. So check out Artlist.io, inspiring music licensing platform created by filmmakers for filmmakers. Second, guys, we have merch free at teespring.com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame not only are we selling shirts but we're also selling a hashtag frame chaser mask for ten dollars honestly it's a super comfy cloth mask and super stylish and you let people know that you're a frame chaser on set third uh check out production apparel by the way if you guys 
like production gear and shirts and stuff like that. They have some awesome shirts. Like my favorite's Run BNC. Um, and also they have wrap gifts for you as well. If you're interested in buying wrap gifts for your cast and crew, uh, check out our affiliate link with them below as well. Fourth, guys, it's time when we ask for that donation to the Church of the Frame. Three ways to donate. Uh, PayPal.me slash CTF podcast, one-time donation. Patreon, $5 membership a month, which gives you uh, access to our show a week before it airs. And it's for audio and visual content. Uh, and then third, in the description below are links to our cryptocurrencies, link to our trust wallet. So just send us Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, if that's still able to be sent, Litecoin, whatever we have in our description, you can send that to us, guys. So let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? So Ray, first question I ask everyone on the show is, where are you from originally? <laughs> born and raised in Las Vegas, Nevada. All right. Wow. I'm getting more and more... Uh, um, born and raised people here this year. <laughs> this is awesome. This is a good thing. <laughs> so it's nice, nice to get that. Uh, and second question I ask everyone on the show is, what was that movie, TV show, actor, director, uh, that person that spoke to you and you said to yourself, this is what I want to do. This is the career I want to po- follow in my life. That is a great question. And the person, the first person name that popped in my head was Issa Rae. Who? Issa Rae. Issa Rae. She is Issa Rae. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is the uh, writer, the creator of, uh, oh my goodness, I had the name, uh, Insecure. <laughs> that is now, it started off as a YouTube uh, uh, series, web series. Mm-hmm. And then recently, uh, I think within last, it was 2019, 2020, uh, she uh, signed a deal with HBO and now Insecure is featured on HBO. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, actually, thinking about that, I do have HBO Max, so I should, I'm going to check that out if it's on there. Um, what was it about Issa Rae that really, uh, you know, pulled you to doing it? Like, was it the writing? Was it her, her, the way she's crafting a series? Was it, you know, what was it? I think it was, it's not only, a, well, her whole journey mm. is something that anybody can relate to if they're starting from you know, not having um, access, immediate access to Hollywood or, you know what I'm saying? Like just having to start from ground zero. So that's one reason. And then the other reason is that the way that she tells her storylines and the characters and the world that she creates is highly relatable. Like it's basically like you can literally step out of your door into her set, into the world that she created because it's one, it's a world that, you know, you literally see maybe, you know, in your circle or mm-hmm. you at least maybe experience part of it or it's just very relatable. So yeah. I just felt like, you know, if, if stories can be told that are extremely relatable, that are just, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of matter of fact, culture with cultural, you know, with that taps into a specific culture or niche. Um, then, you know, why not me? Why not tap yeah. into, why not me tell stories that are specific to a niche that I belong to within my culture? Mm. And then, so that was my original thought. But from there, I just kind of like, well, why, you know, why just be relegated to the community that I immediately, that I uh, specifically, you know what I'm saying, fall into or yeah. or a part of, so... Okay. So yeah, but I, I would have to credit that to Issa Rae. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, Issa Rae, I was looking her up a little bit just while you were talking too, and not to be rude, I just want to at least know a timeline of where that started at too. So it sounds like you started your film journey a little later in life. 
If I'm, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So, um, what what were, let me ask you this? What what did you do before film? What was your what was your path, your trajectory in life? What were you doing, if I may ask? Uh, not a, no, not at all. Um, so basically, I was an entrepreneur without a with with kind of without a specific direction. Like mm-hmm. I tried different things um, as far as you know, outside of just working, uh, you know, regular nine to five. Because yeah. I worked in social services and human services and in, in, in the educational field. Yeah. Um, so my background is in criminal justice and educational psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but those career paths just, you know, there, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I could say I was ever passionate about, yeah. but I could a hundred percent commit to the, the ideology of helping people, yeah. you know, specifically young people. So that has always been something that's very close to me, you know, and if mm-hmm. I ever hit, if it, if I ever become wealthy, any kind of philanthropical, yeah. that word is tough. Any <laughs> is kind of, tough you word. know, yeah, you know what I mean. I know, I know what you're that, saying, yeah. That, it, yeah, I would still want to give to that particular, you know, demographic, to kids, to youth, you know, especially yeah. um, who are struggling and dealing with, you know, different traumas yeah. and, um, you know, and challenges in life. So, gotcha. But, uh, yeah, I was far, the furthest away from, in my opinion, the furthest away from film um, is where I started. So <laughs> it's pretty hey, interesting how I got here. It is very interesting. And I would like to know that journey of how you got there too. And also just scooching back a little bit too, being an entrepreneur, you're technically in a sense to knowing business. And that's a great thing when it comes to f- the film industry in general too, I think, because I always say this on the show, it's not show art, it's show business. So you knowing more business acumen, if that's the correct word, um, to the business side of things, that's a lot. You're in a better place, I think, than a lot more people than per se me, because I'm I'm not a business minded person in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I think it's really tough to combine the two. Yeah. Um, you know, the it seems like the scale will always kind of teeter one, you know, too far to one side or the other, depending yeah. on you know, kind of where you're at on a, you know, if you're in the middle of production or mm-hmm. whatever that is. But what I've learned is that being a director, mm-hmm. you are always blending the two, you yes. know, you're always having to manage, um, you know, the production in general, you mm-hmm. know, um, especially if you're, you're director producer, which is the two hats I, I, um, I wear all the time is I'm managing, budget i'm managing time i'm doing scheduling i'm you know what i'm saying i'm thinking about the the marketing and the promoting of yeah. the um of the of the film whatever or whatever it is mm-hmm. um and i'm thinking about how is that gonna you know take how is that gonna be the a stepping stone to the next project that will get more attention and have more eyes in the eyes that could you know potentially bring in some kind of uh, financing for the one the you know the the project that I'm really really moving towards yeah. in a I hope in a strategic way so but but you know that's it's a it's a necessary thing I won't even say evil it's a necessary thing to do when you know what I'm saying when you're the engine and the in the in the fuel behind um you know behind the business or behind a production you know so in which a case 
that would be myself as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, my, um, I guess if, you know, if you wanted to, <laughs> if, you, if you had time for me to talk about, uh, you know, generally about my journey, you know, that it is pretty interesting. So Yeah, we, we do, man. We do. We got all the time in the world. I mean, these podcasts don't have time limits. It's basically whatever you want to tell. It's your story. You just tell it whatever you, your heart wants to pour out. Okay. Well, um, so I think that um, I've started writing um, mm-hmm. as a way to communicate thoughts and emotions yeah. in, and put them in a fictional sense, but as a kind of like a mouthpiece for, for me, if I what you know, depending on what I was going through, if I was going through anything mm. and I've learned that about myself is that, um, I have a very, um, my mind creates world. It's, it's actually, I've actually been telling stories for a long time, yeah. but I never told them until the last few years in the form of, you know, something that, you know, could be produced. Yeah. And so, um, so, you know, the seeds of writing and the, and the whole storytelling has been since I was young and being 47, you know, I grew up with books and with, you know, with, you know, cassettes and stories, (laughs) magazines, like all these things. Yeah. paper yeah. you know <laughs> all the all the <laughs> essential things that i think people need to do again is read <laughs> right and so i love fairy tale i love yeah. i love story you know what i'm yeah. saying i love happy endings and and i just um always just my mind would create yeah. um these these worlds and stuff and so anyway to kind of fast forward it um I had, once I had, you know, came out and, and, you know, and um, came out the closet and I started, you know, um, recognizing and giving voice, you know, and just validity Mm -hmm. to who I am as a person. First as, you know, being lesbian and then, you know, in the last few years, trans male. Mm -hmm. um, I realized that by doing that, it literally did kind of like bust open the creative side of me because I have a natural pragmatic um, you know, type of approach to life. Yeah. But when I literally came out, I noticed that the my my creativity and my my thoughts and 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 just my whole how I saw the world also like there was just all kind of colors and and I it's metaphorical of mm-hmm. course, but basically the world became real and alive so much more, and um, my sense of um, individuality, I was able to own it. Mm-hmm. And so by doing that, I could actually give myself the room and the space to start exploring interests that I had, but I just never thought, you know, understand they were practical, yeah. such as acting. Mm-hmm. And so I happened to be um, have partying with a friend of mine who's still a great friend. Her name is Jordan McCormick. Mm-hmm. She was producing her own um, feature film and she had this character and the person that she had cast for that particular role mm-hmm. wasn't able to do it. And so by the way that I was, you know, carrying myself and everything at the club, yeah. she, you know, cast me. And so once I, once I entered into onto her set mm-hmm. and started to 
you know, do some, you know, do that type of acting in an independent film, you know, um, format, right? Uh, it's, it just, it sort of like stuck with me, yeah. you know, and then, and then I, I got, I was cast for other roles mm-hmm. outside of that. Again, independent films, local yeah. stuff. And I, and I jumped at every opportunity that I was, you know, that I was presented. But at the same time, I couldn't 100% like dive into it because I have my own person, I have my responsibilities and yeah. kids and, you know, maintain a household, you know, by, as a, you know, as solo, you know, yeah, as a yeah. single person. So, um, so then what happened was, is that, um, I was, you know, again, just kind of, I was on set and I was thinking like, you know, it would be great. <laughs> I would, it would be great for me to be able to have more opportunities to act. And so yeah. I was like, well, you know, you can write your own stuff, even if it was just like a little short, something, mm-hmm. a short film, you know? And so I was like, oh, okay, you know, so once I put that option out for myself, yeah, you know, then um, all it, all what came next is basically the idea the concept and and, um and it came in the form of uh what i what i titled entitled grip which Mm. is a a series that i've been working on for two years and i'm super proud to say that at least a portion of that storyline with the characters that the original cast members of the um of the series yeah um i was able to put together a short film that i'm in the process of this in post-production called Lewis and Lewis is a, um, he's the protagonist, but at the same time, antagonist, uh, character, um, in the, and so, um, so yeah, so that's pretty exciting because with that is going to, it will allow me to submit and to put the work that, you know, this particular story out there in the film festival world. And so, um, so this would, Lewis would, would be my first, my first shot, my first effort at, um, at trying the film festival route to gain attention to the, uh, bigger project, which is Grip. Yeah. And so, um, but it, you know, but it all kind of was like this sort of evolution in it. Yeah. And I kind and I kind of like compare it and parallel it to me as me coming out and mm. then me, tra- you know, deciding to you know, literally be a hundred percent honest with myself and, and start my transition Mm -hmm. from female to male. And so my path, my journey as a filmmaker and my journey as a trans male, there are so many ways that I can kind of tie and connect the two together, especially because it's all encompassing of me, who I am. Um, but it's, it's sort of kismet. It's like serendipitous, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's sort of like this is the time when I was supposed to be and do everything that I'm doing right now. And so I completely 100% embrace the timing of things, you know, um, because being older, you have a lot more you've seen and experienced and had a chance to reconcile, you know, and mm-hmm. to um, and to understand yourself so much more. And, and that literally, once you have, when you understand yourself, you can understand people. Yeah. And when you understand people, you can understand if you really allow yourself to go further in with psychology that, you know, there's an advantage with um, the my educational background yeah. being in at psych and, and criminal justice, human nature. And so 
I feel like I have a, a huge advantage when it comes to, you know, um, telling a story because the character development aspect of it is something that is a strength of mine. Mm. Um, and I didn't even, before I even knew what character development was, that, um, that was something that sort of like when anybody would read the scripts, they would comment on, you know, um, how they could visualize and see, you know, really yeah. see the story pop off the pages, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so I didn't know what I, I was just like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. I had to learn how to, you know, format what all of the, the, uh, you know, the uh, vocabulary of yeah. film, I'm still learning the vocabulary, you know, so yeah. nothing <laughs> is formal with me, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So straight up, John, like, you know, I'm about as blue collar with this thing as hey, <laughs> you can be. <laughs> you, it's all good. No worries. I, I had, I, I want to ask you a few questions uh, after hearing okay. what you just said too. also is, um, the like you said the, the writing came to you and the creativeness came to you after you came out. Now, did you feel because of I guess this is my answer itself the suppression of you kind of holding back your like the creative juices because you were were you is it because you were uncomfortable with what you want to say or is it you know I'm I'm trying I had the phrasing of the 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 question kind of better but I think I just I can't explain how I want to ask the question correctly. So I apologize. But like, huh? if, okay, when you were, when you weren't comfortable with yourself in that sense, because of that mm-hmm. uncomfortability, you suppress those, uh, thoughts. Like, did you feel, maybe, did you ever think if you wrote, maybe you'd come, you know, the, the expression would come also from that too. Like, did it have to, like, was it, Ah, damn it! I think I fucked up the question totally on this one. <laughs> I apologize. I'm, no worries. I'm, I actually understand what you're trying to what you're trying to ask. Yeah, my brain isn't really working. Like I'm, I'm trying to form it in the correct question. But if you get what I'm saying, thank, yes. thank, thanking, thank you. I can't speak either today. <laughs> you know what, John? Yeah. It's so it's okay. So I won't go into that because I'll forget. Yeah. Why I understand what you're saying, but. But basically, um, so yeah, when here's, here's the, here's the pseudo psychological, my pseudo psych, Mm -hmm. you know, um, explanation, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like using a little psychology, little, with a little bit of intuitiveness, with a little bit of just kind straight up like common sense. Right. So here it is. So basically, um, anytime, anytime we suppress, uh, emotion is suppressed or simply just put a put a a pause or a pin or to shut off a part of who we are our sense of self who we understand ourselves to be then we don't necessarily know what the what the um what the domino effect of that is going to be mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. suppression itself um, once you let the lid off, you know, it can manifest itself into all different types of ways. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So for me, um, um, the fact that I knew that I wasn't being true to myself, um, I did actually, that's where my journaling. So I, I used, I had, oh my gosh, John, I have a ton of journals um, that I awesome. passed away. Yeah. So. Excuse me. So um, I used to journal yeah. 
And um, every now and then I would allow myself an honest moment, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, in the form of poetry or in the form of just uh, um, um, being uh, just allowing myself a sense of freedom, mm-hmm. you know. And when yeah. I say allowing myself, I literally mean like m- being mindful of how, how much I say, even on paper, I was very... Um, I confined and I compartmentalized mm-hmm. a ton. Um, and so it just became a part of my life until I could no longer compartmentalize any longer. So literally I stayed in the closet as long as my, my whole soul could, could stand it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I did, I was not planning on coming out the closet ever. I was going to die, live, breathe and die. Uh, who I, who I was born to what who I was born Mm -hmm. and and because I had such a sense of responsibility to the individual like to my kids at that you know because I have kids to my kids and stuff and so but it literally became a it became a point where I was I could not breathe any longer Mm -hmm. metaphorically and I felt such a I felt like the world was getting smaller Mm -hmm. and I was in a box metaphorically but that box felt so real yeah so when i could no longer john when i could no longer go one more day Mm -hmm. without exploring what that what what was going on with myself um i i i i had to i had to find out i had to find my own answers Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so so nothing was haphazard i didn't do anything haphazard it might have come up cross like that to those who I've you know who unfortunately you know were in my life prior to me coming out you know what I'm saying but um but it just had to be done you know what I'm saying like it literally had to be done John so so when I did that when honesty when I began to journey to have the first journey which was was um honesty you know what I'm saying when I began to to be honest with myself you know, and on different levels and then being able to eventually be honest and have the courage to be honest with others. And, um, and I've noted. And so, like I said, the world opened up even more, um, understanding human nature. I could literally understand it because I could empathize with different aspects of what people go through and experience. Yeah. And so, um, so once, once I could, Kind of could literally um, have a better, be more empathetic, and and put myself in some shoes. Not everybody's shoes, but in certain, you know, in yeah. enough in enough people's shoes. Um, then it acting became super like, oh yeah, okay, no problem. You know what I'm saying? Because I could refer. I had a reference. Yeah, my life was a huge index you know it was mm-hmm. like the encyclopedia britannica <laughs> you know volume one you know what i'm saying yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that, a lot, that's, that's a lot of volumes <laughs> <laughs> right yeah just one though All just right. one but you know what i'm saying like it was, <laughs> i have my own point of reference yeah. for these characters yeah um and and so so then when the acting thing was some something i felt was very second nature mm-hmm. um you know, so then, uh, then the writing thing literally came. It it, it came it came out, um, not forced out, but it just it just sort of evolved. It was like the next level of my yeah. evolution, um, and it and it started off with you know, just pulling from my experiences, 
and saying, you know, this right here, I feel like I'm always, I'm living in somebody else's drama. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like the, my life is, could be easily converted into some type of drama, whether it's a short or moment or mm-hmm. whatever. And I played with the idea, but I didn't, you know, I didn't move on it. Yeah. And what happened was, is with Grip, you know, I was working, at, I was doing ride share. I was an Uber driver, a Lyft driver, which, whatever one. And, um, you know, I had a passenger and an experience. Nothing was bad. It was just really got me thinking. And from there, I, I sort of Grip was, you know, it, it was born. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do anything with this because I don't know if it's a real idea or, if, you know, if it's something that'll stick. So I gave myself uh, 48 hours, two days, and if the same idea, if it stuck with me, then I was going to do something with it. And I wasn't going to stop until it was I 100% all the way through, you know, saw it to, to completion. So. I, there it is. I actually like what you just said too with the forty-eight hours thing. By the way, as well, like that's something I should use more often because, like, I feel like I have great ideas a lot of times, and then within twenty minutes they're gone half the time. So, like, if, 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 if and I if a great idea can stick with me for forty-eight hours, I'm totally gonna uh, just jump on that then. Yeah, that's that was my uh, that was that was my litmus test. Yeah, you know, I didn't. Because I've, like I said, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, well, in my case, I didn't know what it would be. You know, I just knew that working for someone, being an employee was just not, it yeah. wasn't my lifetime goal, you know. But mm. again, I had no idea specifically what I could throw myself into with all the the guts and the, you know what I'm saying, with, yeah. with such, with enough vigor and enough you know, determination mm. that no matter how broke I got, <laughs> I, I became, you know, whether it's homeless, but yeah. like I could literally see this thing and not skip a beat and be like, yeah, okay, I don't live, I, you know, I'm living out my car, but I'm still pursuing my dream. Like that's what I needed. I yeah. needed that type of, that type of reasoning uh, because I just knew, you know, instead yeah. of starting later that it might require some serious sacrifice and I couldn't go stay with my mom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm too old for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and that's the entrepreneurial <laughs> mindset too, like scratching and fighting your way to the top and getting to what you want to do and how you want to do it your way. Uh, is that, is that spirit and you, and you're, you're embodying that spirit in that, in that regard. Um, another question I had for you was the project with Jordan. Was that undefined? Yes. Was, now that, uh, I have four questions. I think maybe four questions, but one, did it ever get finished? Uh, no, we were actually, I don't know how, how, how much we were done, but we are literally in my eyes from where I, what I saw, we were literally 60% done with Mm -hmm. the, um, with the film. Yeah. And there was a snafu with regard to the footage. Oh, so, so we did not finish, but, you know, inside information, Jordan is not, she hasn't quit. So it's basically something that, you know, she's working towards um, finishing Mm -hmm. and we've had, we actually talked earlier today. Yeah. Um, So I'm really, I'm really proud of her and I'm excited to be, to be in that, that role of, you know, of actor um, again, like especially on Jordan's set, like she's super, super, talented person yeah. so 
I can't wait. The second question I had for that, because it's your first real acting, your acting gig in the in that regard. What was it like mm-hmm. for you being on set that first time and like doing it? Like, what was going through your mind? What was your your like experience that that day? I'm, I'm obviously it was a good one, but what was your what was your mindset that whole day? What was your you know your your whole body saying or your whole like mindset? Well, it, I don't. <laughs> it's gonna be funny, but I was like thinking I could have been doing this a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> like. Why? Why did I wait? And that's literally—I probably said that my, said that to myself on a number of occasions with different things. You know, like why didn't I just come out earlier? You know, when I when I knew, but and yeah. and acting is one of those as well because the the role literally, um, you know, the character's name is Yvette, mm-hmm. and um, and she is uh, a player but also a detective um to her qualities she's she's loyal but at the same time she's not um very she's not honest like she's yeah. literally um having an having a an affair with her partner's wife who Jesus. is I know right but she's totally loyal to her partner as a cop what, what a mindfuck <laughs> holy shit it's, it's a mindfuck like big time right it's, some, yeah. it's the irony of it you know simplicity. I got mindfucked today from watching WandaVision I feel like I got just mindfucked again when you explained who Yvette was I was like holy shit <laughs> right yeah no Yvette is something else and yeah. I love it I love her I love her um, duplicity and then I you know with Jordan I'll be like you know Jordan I, I don't I can't go backwards and be female, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in the way that <laughs> Yeah. You when you first met me. So we're gonna have to make a little adjustments, maybe give Yvette a different type of name. But I mean the fact that she's a detective, you know, she could easily be a trans male, you know. So it's it's all good. I'm I'm pretty sure Jordan won't mind making those adjustments. Yeah. I mean But yeah, but yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it'd be fascinating to see what you guys do with that, and uh, when you guys complete the film, then like especially like what what the original concept was in the sense now to what's kind of being shifted to would be is gonna be very fascinating to see. Um, I agree. Yeah. Undefined is such a it's such a undefined uh, a very yes, and it's it's a uh, it's a great name, and I think Yvette can, you know, <laughs> she definitely. Um, embodies that undefinedness you know yeah. so uh so after undefined you said you start you start writing the grip right that's when you start writing grip oh, actually th- um yeah so no i i was on the i was working on a project with marcia mm-hmm. and um and it was a it was a feature another feature film and it was called addict Okay, and, I was ask you um, about that next anyway. I was going to ask you about that too. Continue. Yeah, so when I was on set, was when I was, um, when we were doing Attic, that's when um, I had the, the idea for Grip. Actually, I had, I wrote the short film yeah. and I was working on it at the same time as we were wrapping up. Mm-hmm. And I had spoke to Marsha and I was put a, you know, just, I was like, hey, Marcia, you know, I have this script. You yeah. know, would you mind reading it and letting me know what you think? Yeah. I was very nervous. I was like, oh, my God, you know, please don't crush my dream, you know. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> and also, too, I was going to ask, because I've seen, I seen it a couple times, the the grind, right? That that was another one of yours? Yeah, yeah. So 
<laughs> now, was that before yeah. grip or after grip or before? Like, what was the thought? Okay, wait. Was it grind then grip or thought process grip then grind? That that sounds really uh, weird. <laughs> I know it does. I'm sorry. To it like... sounds a fun weird though. Yeah. Very fun. Um, well, the grind is it came after grip, and yeah. it actually came during the time when I was um, trying to uh, when I produced the extended trailer mm-hmm. for it and. And I was going through some personal relationship issue, you know, challenges. Yeah. And it was now that right there, that the grind is a way for me to deal with the the heartache, the the loneliness and the pain that yeah. I was experiencing emotionally, but that I didn't have time to, you know, sort of like focus on mm-hmm. uh, because because grip was still, you know, I was very active in yeah. that, you know, and, and had made, you know, had some traction with a couple producers mm-hmm. that, um, have experience in Hollywood and thought maybe, okay, things are going to be moving forward and stuff. So I didn't really have time, but I decided to take the emotions and transfer them into a different, another type of story that I could, mm-hmm produce myself you know yeah. what i'm saying so I, so the grind literally is um is a it's it's meant to be a mini series yeah um that i'm gonna self-produce all the all five episodes keep it local mm. it's specific to the community that i'm a part of you know so yeah. i really wanted to do a lgbtq focused um you know uh uh series or whatever you know, storyline, yeah. and so the grind is is that um, is that for me, which uh, again, you know, wanting to add the business aspect and yeah. put together um, a type of package or pitch that I can get the local community to business owners and individuals that might be interested in uh, financing or supporting you know, a local uh, uh, film project or, you know, television miniseries project, web mm-hmm. series project that they would be interested in in getting behind and supporting. Yeah. Um, which I feel like, I really feel like, you know, that I will be able to be successful at that. And and then if not, I'm still going to, I'm still going to figure out a way to, to finish up the series because I did do the pilot. It's yeah. on Amazon prime direct mm-hmm. it is a pilot episode and so i you know when i look back and watch it i see a lot of the i see a lot of you know first Mista- time yeah mistakes a hundred percent um so i'm really excited to re to um write five episodes mm-hmm. so the pilot will be kind of like just almost like here is it'll be part of the pitch package yeah but the actual series is going to, you know, it's going to take it up a notch as far as in the, in the, um, in the grittiness and the, you know, and, and give it a real texture type mm-hmm. of street feel, you know, make more, create more conflict, make yeah. the conflicts even more uh, high stakes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, pins and needles type. I want to literally have, uh, you know, not a hundred percent all the way through, but I do want to have more intense moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it, that's that's the grind. It, it's the grind <laughs> to get 
get get it going too. Um, yeah. Uh, what was that like? Also, shoot. That's like one of your first projects in a, in a sense. You know, probably directing as well. What was that like for you to direct and do all those things where you're like, you have to now do producing, you have to direct, you have to, you know, were you doing the camera as well? Like, did you do every job or did you have at least a little <laughs> bit of a crew? Like, even that's from the first time filmmaker <laughs> mistakes. Like, that's you know, I like you know, you know, audio is gonna be terrible. Like, any filmmaker will tell you that. Like, audio your first time is gonna be the worst thing ever, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> So, oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. We had a long discussion about that with a, a friend at a, a job a long time ago, and we were discussing how, like, first-time filmmakers, you're just your audio is not like the best thing ever because everyone just wants like these amazing shots, and they want to be like Roger Deakins or Christopher Nolan, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, the audio just sucks, <laughs> and that's like seventy yeah. percent of your movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, um, I'm sorry, I was laughing so hard. Yeah, okay, now I remember the question. Um, so, I did have help. Isaiah Kane, yeah. with, uh, now, you know, added Antics uh, Entertainment. Yeah. He he was the, the DP, you know, for The Grind. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, him and I, we worked together a little bit for a short period of time on Grip. Yeah. And then, but we reconnected back for The Grind. And, um, and so, yeah, so we pretty much, um, tag, you know, we, we, we did that, the two of us. So yeah. it was a production of two primarily. And then I did have, um, people come in here and, you know, here and there mm-hmm. to help out, um, you know, just do some PA stuff, yeah. but it wasn't really anyone that's, you know, consistent, like, so and I just grab a cast and we're like, hey, can you hold this? <laughs> you yeah. know, can you move that? <laughs> you know, and uh, so, and then when I wasn't in the scene, then I was, you know, managing and doing all those things. So, yeah. But I did do the casting. I did direct it, you know, wrote it and yeah. produced it. So, you know, I did uh, spend, so I had, you know, a small budget mm. that was self-funded and all that stuff. And so that's why, <laughs> I was like, okay, no more self-funding. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Lewis is self-funded. Yeah. I decided, I was like, one more time self-funding, yeah. man. And then after this, you got to get your business, you know, yeah. shoes and, and, and hat on like big time because you're yeah. going broke, broke. Yeah. So. <laughs> there's only so much, I love this phrase, there's only so much you can put the free into freelance. And, right. And and that, yeah, they know when to when your worth is your worth. Uh, So, Lewis then, then now that being, is that the second, well, I don't know, is that the second project technically, or is that like the third, or am I missing any other projects between The Grind and Lewis? Uh, There was a a project between The Grind Mm -hmm. and and Lewis was called Estelle, and um, what happened was is that I was 70% done editing, and my external hard drive, Oh shit! and this is Again, you already know where it's yep. going. I I feel I feel terrible for you right now. I, I yeah, it it was, and this was like my my um, it was more like a horror mm-hmm. uh short film, and it was I had a lot of special effects, and mm-hmm. because I had all of the special effects, and I was color grading, and I was adding, I just had to add my uh, foley sounds and stuff, mm-hmm. and my you know my um 
what do you call, call those those jump scare moments yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I, that I was at the fine tuning part, and I hadn't decided how I wanted it to end. Yeah, and that's literally where I was at. And then when I finally said, "Okay, this is how I'm going to have it end," I heard some clinking. <laughs> My hard drive started making noises. Oh, so then shit. I was like, "Oh, let me shut down. Let me." Real quick, you know, just kind of shut the computer down. So once I shut the computer down, that hard drive was not coming back. Oof. So, damn, that fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. Are you are you gonna? Yeah, that's like are, yeah, huge. Yeah, are you gonna? Are you planning on doing Estelle again, like remaking it? I guess redoing it if you ever get a chance to do it. Yes. All yes, right. Yes. Yes. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Oh man, like that that I've I've had that before where I fucking had like some sh- like a bunch of shit on one drive and I'm like, oh, sh- I hear the clinking and I'm like, I gotta buy a new drive, and then you're like, oh fuck, I gotta buy a new drive, and then then it's like a whole transfer process. But I, I, um, if if you if you're thinking about management too, just to plug something real quick, I know it might sound a little expensive, but. There's something called a TerraMaster, and like it, it's five bays, and you put internal hard drives in there. So like the mm. like it, it was two sixty nine for the the five bay one that I got, and I got like I got a ten terabyte hard drive, and it fits up to like wow. five ten terabyte hard drives, or even more than that technically, because I think it hits up to eighty terabytes. You can get total, I think, on the whole thing. So like it it might Whoa. be a little pricey for like the first initial cost of stuff, but right. th- like you can literally just plug in a new hard drive like and and internal hard drives are a little bit more uh a little cheaper than uh, external hard drives too just just some yeah food, just some food for thought okay i um i i definitely love that because 80 terabytes is like yeah that's like i can man i ain't gotta move nothing no I like transfer anything ever because for I, a while i just have a i've had a 10 terabyte in there and like we did about almost i think a little over two terabytes last year on the podcast alone like just through audio visual video stuff that we've done and we kept that all in one one big folder on a eight terabyte and i'm like no we need a like a, a hard array like a hard drive array i need to like separate shit because if we're gonna do more shit i need to at least like have one dedicated drive for each like big old project if we're doing multiple stuff and all this stuff because i was right. tired of like Going like, oh, what, what do I, what, what should I delete from this so and so's shit, or what should I delete from this right. drive? And trying to like play Tetris with my drives, so <laughs> yeah, like I, I literally, I think, I think the ten terabyte was about two hundred and fifty bucks maybe for the internal like hard drive. I think maybe a little bit more. Don't quote me. And uh, uh-huh. but just again, like initial, like you'll, ten terabytes will last you a while. Like <laughs> you, you won't have to, yeah. you know. So it's, 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 it might be a good idea. You know, if you if you think about it, if you you yeah. know, just, just want to throw that out there to you, if you ever have hard drive problems again. Well, you know what I I used to um, believe that oh no I won't use that much because yeah. mine are you know they're not I'm not doing a full length you know movie yeah. a feature film I did not realize that once you start adding those effects yeah. and color grading I mean these these even these short films start, they, they are huge. You oh, know yeah, what I'm saying? Definitely. And so it was just, again, you know, the lack of just the, you know, the newness and mm-hmm. being novice at this. But, um, I, man, I, if you, if you, somebody were to ask me, what's the most important thing when you're first starting? I let the top five is storage. Yeah. Make sure you have a 
a solid, yep, you know, way to store all this data in these files because, yeah, you don't want to lose anything. It's, it's like, man, it's like, oh my gosh, like losing a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, I don't have a kid, but it's like losing an animal for me. I, I'll, 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 I'll uh, use that one for myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm being dramatic, yeah. but man, it, it, that, it was so painful. No, it, it's, I, a, it's I, a gunshot. To, it's, a, it's literally a gunshot to the heart, basically. It's a, or a gut punch yeah. to the chest, whatever you want to call it. Uh, um, what was I was going to ask you too about? What what like what camera what ca- what camera do you use? Because like even that stuff in general, like my camera, my my Blackmagic 4K uh, production 4K is the older one, and like if I want to shoot 4K raw, my file size my I have for 256 gigabyte solid state card, it only shoots 12 minutes of 4K raw. So <laughs> like whenever someone's like, oh, you, can we shoot raw? I'm like, well, you better have a big old hard drive to do that because like. <laughs> It's gonna be a lot of fucking footage. Yeah, um, I learned that with Lewis. Uh, I so the my uh, friend and you know we've developed a, a brotherhood mm-hmm. uh, with you know between me and Winston. Yeah. He has a pocket uh, black magic, and he shot me those raw yeah. uh, compressed files. And I had to go get me a, another. Um, yeah. I had to give me a new one, you know, oh. external. And I was like. Oh. Said, are you kidding me? <laughs> did he, wait, like, did he shoot this... cinema DNG or did he shoot uh, B raw? Wait, what? what the pod... B raw. Okay, B raw. Yeah, B... that's that's a little bit better than the uncompressed yeah. cinema DNG that I have, and that's a whole different fucking. Oh, that that oh. thing. Yeah, because if you if you take your like the cinema DNG, it's a picture for every frame. It's not an actual. What? It's not an actual file. It's not an actual video file. Yeah, like it's a picture. It's like it's literally just pictures. It's just all pictures into one that make, they make into a, a a um a file. If you go into like, it's hard to explain. I would have to show you like how that works or how it like looks in the file structure. But it's just a, it's just crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I totally, wow. Yeah, that is literally it. Blows my mind that cameras can actually that they're doing that because that kind of reminds me of the, you know, the old um, 35 millimeter, like yeah, the big, you know, every square yep. was a, you know, was an image and yeah. those reels, I mean the real basically. And that's why no one uses Seriously. cinema DNG anymore. That's why, that's why black magic, I think implemented B raw. Cause it was a lot easier to use than cinema DNG, which is the, the biggest pain in the ass since like, I don't even know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he chose B raw. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, glad he did what too. Are you ta- what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, right. We don't have the budget for this. <laughs> <laughs> Can you shoot like eight to one compression instead? It's a lot. It's a lot simpler. Uh, uh, I don't think Sundance is going to be complaining. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I, I love, I love. It's a little. Well, I'll talk about it later. I was going to say I love when people talk about how they want to get like on Netflix and they have to go with your Netflix approved shit. And I'm like, you don't because <laughs> you yeah. don't, Netflix needs to pick you up. And then they approve. Like then if you're a Netflix, actual Netflix fucking original, then you have to use that shit. But like, if you're going right. to try to get on Netflix, they'll take it. Well, there, that's a different ball game and people f- fucking forget that shit. Well, I'm going to pick your brain because you seem to know a little bit more about it, but I mean, I, I thought like for me, of course, you know, Netflix is 
that's a golden goose right there, yeah. um, in my opinion. But you know, I figure with what their their requirements were and stuff yeah. like that, I didn't know if I was looking the information that I have, but I was like, I don't have, I don't know anyone that has those type of cameras. You know what I'm saying? So I need to to go yeah. film festival. It's it's a lot more practical for me and. And then maybe, you know, hopefully see, have an agent or entertainment attorney or a producer or someone that's connected to these platforms, you know, yeah. you know, just to network. So even from what I've heard and like what I've done, a little bit of research on this whole thing with Netflix, too, is like, um, you know, basically, in a sense, from again, it might change because everything changes every day almost. But like so Netflix they they won't pay you a boatload of everyone i think thinks two things like we have to use the netflix approved gear like that's what we need to make this fucking thing and then two is like netflix is going to pay us a lot of money netflix is not going to pay people a lot of money at all i think 50,000 is what i've heard from some people i've heard like less than 50,000 to like get your, get your shit on to get your shit on netflix it's a, it's a licensing fee that they're giving you to license out your film and on top of that like if you're film like it's it's also weird i talked to a film critic uh a while back, um, and he also said, like, what what America Cinema is all about, they want movie stars. They want big old stars. So if you don't have a star in the movie, you're kind of like, you know, they won't pay you that much. But, like, in Europe, you might have, like, a terrible movie or a really good movie that's, like, an indie film, and they'll love it in Europe because they love the escapism in, like, in those countries. So, like, you'll, oh, okay. you'll, you'll maybe be really popular in fucking Europe. You might be, like, a hit. In fucking like Spain, and you don't even know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so it's. I need to get on that. <laughs> yeah, like you know what I mean. Like the, the I, I believe personally, like if it's it's great, film festivals are cool. I mean, I have a, I have a. We'll talk about this later about the whole my whole fucking issues with film festivals here. But film festivals are kind of like um weird to me. Like I like them, but I don't like them at the same time, and you know. I think there's too many in Vegas, but again, I'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah. it's good. It's good to like send them out everywhere else, so other people can see, you know, your eye, your what your uh, the, you know, your film in their eye through their through their eyes. And you know, the thing is too, like, I always believe in like just fucking do it yourself too. Where it's like there's there's a bunch of platforms. Like if people are paying, you know, going on Amazon, they have Patreon, they got fucking special projects at IO now. Like you can just make your own networking like network fucking style shit and people can pay like a, a pay-per-view style thing for you too. So there's true, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, because again, traditional, traditional media through the theaters really isn't going to be attracted to independent artists in a sense. I mean, you're probably, it's the most likely deal is probably going to be through a, you know, a, a streaming service, you know, as, as terrible as that sounds, but like that might, that's, that's the reality. I think, you know, we in COVID, I think like we've had a lot more chances because of COVID, and they haven't made much content. So we've we, right. there's a lot more for independent artists to like be. Oh shit! Now you're on. You're no. You're on this, and now you're on that. So I think I probably went on a tangent, maybe a little bit, but I apologize. But <laughs> that that's just from for what I think. No, I I actually make a ton of sense because um, the the movie theaters themselves. I know they're not getting the same number of people coming through yeah. the doors and sitting in, in seats. Yeah. And you're right. You like, you know, you'll, they'll have, um, you know, premiere or not a premiere, but they'll have 
uh, these new movies that come out and um, they'll come out both in the theaters and also on a, on a pay-per-view yeah. um, for you to watch at home. And so it's totally, it's totally different. The landscape, not totally different, but the landscape is evolving yeah. and they're having, and I, I do believe to add to what she said, I do believe it's that, film the film industry is going to be looking for innovative and cost efficient ways to be able to produce you know still good good you know quality entertainment in the form of film or television yeah and with that said you know i do believe it does give the opportunities to you know individuals who hollywood would would normally would i'm sorry would have and, you know, previously just kind of like, you know, shut the doors to um, give those individuals opportunities, you know, with mm-hmm. stories or with being able to, you know, maybe be uh, yeah. some type of, um, uh, what do you call those? You have the the main, um, the main uh, production. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have like the, the big time, uh, production studio, and then you have their subsidiary studios. Oh, you mean like you uh, know their smaller studios? For example, like you know Disney owns Touch. I think I think they own what was it Touchstone or Miramax now, and like there's other studios they own that are kind of smaller yeah. around them. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and um, and I think you know you have a still have those studios, and that they have branched out, and you know have have an independent um an independent film production uh, mm. arm, and in a a European, uh, you know, arm to it. And so, so I think that, you know, there's a way to get there if, if that's, you know, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, because I just feel like there's, you know, there's kind of like six degrees of separation between the independent film, the average, you know, the local independent filmmaker and, you know, and the people in the studio. And that's just my theory. I, I, I do believe there's, there's connections. Yeah. Um, all the way up. So, and even also like another thing too, is like, if you get a ball in like marketing company that does really good work, like that's mm-hmm. going to be really, that's going to really help you drive sales for your product too. Like if you go like the complete independent route and go, Hey, I put my thing on Tubi, I put my thing on like, you know, Amazon. Cause like the, uh, here's the, here's the thing. Like I like to think when I, when I'm on Amazon, let's say, right. The, yeah. the likelihood of me trying to find your movie I feel like is like slim to none because right on top of that, like the people that will, I'm not saying your movie, I'm saying like in a general sense, but like, like, yeah. you know, if you look, if you, if you, if I look for, let's say, you know, a horror film and I find, you know, scream and then I go, well, what's recommended for me? And then I look through what's recommended for me. Like nothing that like, I have to like go look, look again for something else that's recommended. Then maybe look at that one. They go recommended again and branch, keep branching off. You know what I mean? Cause like, if I made a movie called like you know fucking um, Bill's fishing fishing mart or something like that, it's a comedy, and mm-hmm. all my friends and family are gonna know what Bill's fishing mart is, but no one else is gonna look up Bill's fishing mart. You know what I'm saying? Unless like it's in the right place at the right time on Am- your Amazon recommend it. Right. So I I I don't know. I'm kind of I guess I'm jaded too. So this is. We, you know what? It's, uh, I was talking to a guy. Um, we were doing, we were on location at this yeah. motel, and he was doing. He was security, 
And he was, you know, of course, he came and checked to see what we were doing mm-hmm. and how long we were going to be, yeah. and, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so anyway, him and I got a chance to talk after we had wrapped up and stuff. And he basically gave me some great uh, ideas as far as like how to, how to get Amazon to, you know, recommend um, my pilot. And what he said is his, his, his um, strategy was to buy a bunch of phones that were super cheap and to have, or have at least anybody and everybody who you could to just basically play the play the um play the movie or the pilot just have them play it you know what i'm saying have them um uh basically you know spend time um watching it or whatever and that is and just say hey can you just you know watch this or whatever you don't even you can just have it playing on your phone yeah you don't even got to watch it just have it playing on your phone um and then that's what's gonna help you know help you to for Amazon to recommend your, you yeah. know, the pilot. So literally, that's basically that's what you call that um, grassroots. Yeah, that's that's you know. Really, I, think, I think you'll be spending a lot of money on buying phones for everyone too, though. Right, like, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to buy seventy phones. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, I'll, but, that's, that's um, a lot of money too. Because like, what, but because also like for the cheaper end of the phone spectrum, there's still a hundred bucks. It, 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 like for a, a phone that will probably play like you know some video, I guess. I don't know. I'm mean, right. I, I don't know any cheap phones. You know, you can get them like for dirt cheap if you get a new like line, I guess. But not many lines would you open? I mean, you know, I'm not doing that. So I was like, yeah. but but the last thing he told me, he said, he said, um, he said one of the things that a lot of people do is that they'll spend, you know, he was being exaggerated. He was exaggerating. He said they'll spend a million dollars um, producing a, a song or producing a music video and twenty dollars promoting it. You know, like he said, you gotta. <laughs> he said if you were to, you know, take the money that you spend to produce the um whatever it is mm-hmm. his example was music yeah. but to produce the pilot and take that the same amount and, and just you know multiply times five to marketing and promoting it yeah he said that is what's going to make the difference he's like you could spend say you know whatever two thousand producing it mm-hmm. but you got to be able to you got to be willing to spend ten thousand to market it and when he said that, I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. Yes. Because the marketing budget has to, I have to, and that's why I was like, okay, I gotta, I have to, um, so if I don't have the money, I have to start talking to a lot of people yeah. and telling them about it and saying, hey, if you, you know, can you just play it on your phone? You know, yeah. you don't even have to watch it. I just need the numbers. I need the amount of eyes on it. That's it. That's all. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you a dollar. Yeah. So just let it play on your phone in the background. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Even going back to the whole, what he said about the marketing dollars too, it's like, there's two, I like to say two things too about that real quick is one, that's why a lot of movies, when you see their budgets are like, you know, 45 million, half of that goes to marketing. So it's really like, oh, yeah. I think half of that's technically marketing money. And then second, like if you actually spent 20 bucks on Instagram for promotions, you can get a lot of impressions. Like, 
in a in a you know in a five day total, depending on like what you pay for. Because I've done it before. I've done the promotions thing on Instagram, and yeah. I, I literally I think I paid like thirty five dollars for over a six day period. So like you know five like six dollars a day, I guess whatever it is. Um, right. And I've gotten now like two thousand like views from like one thing so far that I promote it. And it was like only like twenty views or whatever, so like it works. The thing is, right. you, what's the the retention rate in the sense of like, what are they are they gonna click on to see more? But that, that yeah, the, that's the thing you have to really worry about because like, are you gonna waste twenty dollars or even even in the sense like maybe two hundred dollars, and only like three people click on it still? You know what I'm saying? So there's there's yeah. like a whole bunch of variables. Um, yeah, I noticed that too. Like yeah. when you do those paid promotions, um, to be, be able to get those um, views to convert to convert them, that's what um, I'm kind of doing. My like homework is as far as being able to take from views yeah. to um, the. So there's a there's a there's a pathway. Yeah, they go from from views to interest. Yeah, and then from interest to action. Okay, and then from yeah. action to actual, you know, um, becoming a uh, follower, a loyal, you know, an action could be like, okay, now I'm going to start following you, and then yeah. I'm going to start liking and regularly paying attention to what you're, what you put out there, mm-hmm. and then if you have something that you, once you get enough followers and they're loyal followers, yeah, then you can begin to start promoting products. You know, and that's where your dollars, but there, you have to start off with, you got to start off with eyes, with views. So even though you might have your, the level of engagement might be low initially, mm-hmm. but I bet it's the consistency. And that's where, you know, for me, like, that's why after Lewis, um, I'm going to focus on promoting what I have and what I've done. Yeah. And so that way, I can get those views and yeah. then from views to interest, from interest to some type of impression or action. And then from there, you know, start, you know, monetizing, yeah. um, monetizing the, the, the social media sites, specifically Instagram. So, so it is, there is a, there is a formula, there's a blueprint to it and, and it does require commitment and consistency. You know? Yeah, and also another thing too. I don't know if you know this, but like, there's a I don't remember who said this, but you know, you only need a thousand true fans. They say, so if you have like let's say three thousand fans, and actually a thousand people like buy your products, you can make a yeah. a pretty good killing from it. That that's so, a great number. Yeah, so I'll like you it. you really need a thousand true fans, like you know, like that just are religiously like you know. Like always listening to your stuff, always like doing that stuff, like you know, always like watching your stuff, reading, like you know, whatever you're doing, and they follow you. Like it, it's a, it's just a thousand. Well, that that is that actually doesn't make that feels very doable because yeah, um, I know I had to take my headphones out because my phone is about to um go about to die, but oh. uh, but um I know that. When I look at the uh, back office, the analytics as far as with Instagram, yeah, you know, it's like barely—I don't even know if it's ten. It's not even ten percent mm. um, exposure of the people that are that are um, my that are friends. I'm 
following or that are following me will mm-hmm. see my um, will see my post my post. Yeah, and that Instagram will kind of like your post based off of the um, hashtag. You can it, it it will put your post in front of new new people or new eyes, but whether or not those people, um, you know, follow you from it, that is that's not of course it's not guaranteed and so you know there's a ton of information youtube information and instagram gurus and they typically you know give you the carrot of like i'm going to give you this for free and then but if you want to know more and want to really take your you know business to the next level you yeah. have to pay for the course type thing yep that, and so yeah <laughs> and that's the thousand followers that you need and you you make a hundred thousand dollars from it or more depending on yeah. how much the course is and even yeah. an, another interesting uh statistic i've heard a long time ago that i always remember it's always in my brain if you tell people that um like you know you have a 30-day free trial you know two-thirds mm-hmm. of those people don't forget about that's a free, that they they just let it go to the next account and pay the, the money for it i do believe that because i've done it yeah so, but anyway, let's go. Let's go back to you and about. Let's talk about Lewis now and get off. We went to a long tangent, but a very interesting and uh, interesting filled tangent. But let's talk about Lewis. So, how did how did Lewis come about? How did that? How did what was the idea of it? Uh, how did, you know? Did you meet Winston then? Because I know you mentioned Winston. Um, or right. was it, as I know you guys also shot another thing too. Was that so? I know there's a reality show I saw you guys do too. Because Jaden was actually on the podcast and he mentioned that. Yeah, um, so I met Winston through a mutual uh, Facebook friend, mm-hmm. um, Donna, no, oh my, I am going to really, let me not, I'm not going to say the wrong person, Okay. Um, because I have to make sure I have the right, Paula, <laughs> Paula um, is a friend of, well, Cheryl, um, and she very well known in the community yeah um you know cheryl pratt she basically um is someone that believes a lot in in the production of grip Mm. and so she introduced me to paula and paula is a writer producer yeah and it was paula that introduced me to winston or at least put me in put us to you know connected us together and then it was up to us to kind of see whether or not we would work be able to work together yeah and so um i already had wrote lewis and i you know i already finished lewis as far as like you know one of the drafts or whatever and then um and then i was looking for um a cinematographer yeah i wanted to put together a small micro production team to do this because i knew i wanted to submit it to a film festival so I was like, okay, we're not doing um, iPhone, you know, filming this time. We're gonna do yeah. <laughs> some real filming. I'm gonna put some real money behind it, and you know, and then this is gonna be my, you know, it's gonna be my calling card. Yeah. So anyway, um, so uh, that's basically how how I was connected to Winston, and then Lewis basically is a scene out of Grip. Um, it's oh. a scene out of episode. Uh, two, mm-hmm. and the episode is entitled GYST, which is Get Your Shit Together, and it's and it's focusing on Lewis, 
um, basically going through a um, a low point in his life after he comes back from uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. without solving his without solving his sister's murder case. You know, yeah. um, so basically he goes out there to expose the dust. You know, identify the body and you know and and basically make arrangements for her to be either buried there, you know, or bring her back here. Well, he goes out there and he inserts himself into the investigation when he wasn't supposed to and sort of creates some, you know, he creates more problems for himself than than solutions. And he has to come back to Las Vegas. Um, And so when he comes back, he's feeling very, um, you know, he's basically you know, uh, still dealing with the loss of his sister, the sense of um, failure, you know, that he wasn't able to figure Mm. out who killed her. And um, and so, and he's kind of like at a low point where he just doesn't really care. He barely cares about his own life. And he's only holding on to that simply because he wants to solve the murder. You know, he wants to find out who, who murdered his sister. Yeah. That's the only thing keeping him from, you know, really self-destructing. And so there's a scene where he's at a bar in the in the in the episode in the pilot. I'm not the pilot, but in the series, there's a scene where he's at the bar and one his partner goes at the at that time his partner goes to look for him at the um you know at the uh, um, request of or the direction of the uh, sergeant. Yeah, and so. You know, and so he, his partner finds, Lewis's partner finds him at the bar drinking. And he's pretty much, you know, fucking been drinking all day or whatever. And Lewis is just like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. You know, I'm going to be belligerent. I'm just going to drink myself into a, a hole. Mm. And his partner, you know, first was like, you know, fuck you. I don't eat this shit. I'm not your babysitter and leaves. But then, as he's leaving, uh, Lewis, Detective Lewis breaks down within earshot mm-hmm. and start, you know, basically it's like he hits his, he hits his bottom basically. Yeah. And he starts crying and he basically kind of, you know, goes from asshole to like, you know, someone that you can, that you feel for. And so it is that scene that, I felt was one of my, you know, it was like one of those moments where I was in the same shoes as Lewis. You know, yeah. I was in his shoes and I was feeling the pain and, and it really took me, I was in a place in my own life where, you know, I could, you know, I could literally feel and sense what he might be going through. And so it's one of my better scenes that I feel like I wrote. Mm. And, uh, and so I was like, okay, if I'm going to pick one scene to expand on, what would it be? And that, that's the scene. Yeah. And that's one that I knew I could produce. It didn't require, you know, any kind of like um, stud, stunt work. Yeah, or, crazy budgets. You know, yeah. Props. Yeah. So so I took that scene and I, and I expanded it out to uh, something that's going to probably be about 10 minutes. Okay. And uh, so a 10-minute short film, and it's going to go start from when he when he wakes up that morning, you know, 
and uh, to where he ends the day and how he ends it. So it's a full day, not with, you know, not with all everything filled in with, you know, him going into the the unit and nothing like that, but basically wakes up and we pick, pick him back up at the bar, Mm -hmm. you know, and then he, where he, where he kind of ends, ends his day. Yeah. And um, yeah. So basically that's, that's what that, that's where Lewis came from. Well, interesting, because now, now it's now I know it's a part of a grip, and now, yeah, and that's fascinating. You took like, now I have a question: Are you are you gonna have to reshoot Lewis when you do grip? Uh, Technically, in a sense, because it's a scene. You know what? I uh, when I when we when we do film grip, I feel like Lewis is gonna. Okay, I'm sorry. Can you ask that one more time? Cause I'm not sure if I understood the question right. So when you when you when you make grip right, you shot. Yeah. Lewis is technically it, well. Lewis is an extension from well, it's a scene from grip, but you extended the scene, right? Correct. Okay. So when you shoot grip, and you have to do that scene again, will you have? Will you? Will, are you going to redo that scene, or are you going to like to just take what you have and go? I just have this scene already shot, so I'm good. Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna re, I'm gonna okay. reshoot it. Okay, just, just wondering. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my other question too is like, now that I know about grip more, a little bit more about grip in the sense of like the scope. Did do you have like a, a three season plan or anything like that, or is it one season? What what's your? Do you have the Bible out? Do you have a Bible written or anything like that too? Yeah, I do. I have uh, I have my Bible, and it does go out to three seasons. Nice. That's what, that's, uh, so, that's what I always recommend it with a want to look for too. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you check, you know, we could put the check mark with that. Um, but yeah, grip is, is, uh, I, I projected three seasons and the first I have outlined for, of course, the first season outline, um, episode, each episode. And then the second season, uh, the, the, you know, the um, synopsis mm-hmm. and um, in the third season as well. So basically uh, with Grip, I see it, I mean, I see it could be something that could be five seasons mm-hmm. um, potentially. Yeah. It just kind of depends um, how soon, if I, you know, with the fact that I'm holding on to this, if I want to kill off the main character, yeah. it would be <laughs> that you kind of, you know, it, it kind of depends on that. But, but the fact is, is that um, I wrote the series to not depend solely on the main character um, uh, the, or the character that's sort of central yeah. to the, the story. Yeah. Um, and so, so basically, yeah, just, uh, but three seasons, and the first season is all. It's uh, the theme is from murder to verdict. So mm-hmm. there is a murder, and the first season takes uh, takes the audience all the way through the, the from the the murder event mm-hmm. all the way to when the um, the uh, person who you know who is believed to commit the murder they're on they're arrested they're on trial and then there's a verdict. Yeah, and then second season picks up when the um when that individual who went to prison is released early like earlier basically 
was convicted not of murder but um, some other some other lesser charge and is only wait 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 only don't been, don't be, don't be don't be uh don't be uh giving spoilers out don't be giving spoilers out this okay is, yeah okay, yeah okay. But, <laughs> i'm like <laughs> but basically okay so season two is yeah. the theme is uh lewis's revenge okay uh so that's season two yeah. and then season three is um is the scope of of this there's this family this crime family yeah who is a part of the main character's um past yeah they come they brought the son rises to power and um starts to kind of re uh uh sort of reinsert the family business of drug distribution yeah and sort of brings that back to the surface and how that all ties into um the uh, the past of the the central character. Okay. So, all right. I, I like it. <laughs> Sounds good. I I can't wait. I can't wait to see this actually. Um. Uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait to start it actually. Here, uh, one better. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, so after Lewis, you now I know you did a reality show too, right? What was that? What was that reality well, show about? Or can you talk about the reality show? Or no, no, yes, no. Uh. Well, we did a proof of concept. Okay. Um, for a pitch pack for a pitch package mm. and I can be general about it. Yeah. So it's basically um, the uh, premise of the reality show is it it features or it, um, it kind of centers around uh, a woman who has who moves to Vegas mm. to pursue a career as a professional dancer. Okay. And in her and in that uh, journey and in that moving here, um, all that she has uh, sort of had to go through to kind of like get to where she's at now, where where she's um, teaching pole instruction, but still trying to pursue a career as a professional dancer. And yeah. so she's got all these connections with people that are in similar type of entertainment mm-hmm. and how each person is sort of like, on their own particular path to pursuing their dreams yeah. in in the entertainment in the entertainment industry here in Las Vegas, and so the overall theme is like, hey, everybody is you know on on some type of path trying to you know reach their goal yeah. of being at some level of entertainment, and and in that there's drama and it's and the the type of entertainment that it focuses on is sort yeah. of like seems to be a reoccurring theme has involved, you know, more sensual, the sensual arts and stuff. And so, and how Vegas is kind of like known for, you know, saying, uh, indulgent, like the risque entertainment and stuff industry, you know, mm-hmm. so it sort of kind of takes the Vegas, uh, those, that Vegas mystique mm-hmm. and, Features a couple of you know a few people and then the the relationships that are how they're all connected and the drama and and uh, and just in their pursuit of you know being able to sort of turn this uh, their art or their entertainment into something that they can you know that they can build a career off of that they can be proud of and not just be like 
you know, some cheap ass entertainment type yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of the reality show that, you know. Nice. Uh, how was it? How was it like? Pre- Oh, I was going to ask, how was it like directing a reality show, doing that instead of going from a narrative, (laughs) you know, that's actually like, you know, kind of in a sense, obviously scripted, but like, you know, reality shows is scripted, but they also have that play with as well. Man. Okay. So there is very little limited scripting. Yeah. At least as far as the, you know, what we did with the proof of concept. Mm. Um, Directing it is a totally different, it's not totally different, but it's, it is definitely a slant on, on um, from film or t- or TV or short film or yeah. anything, where you actually have characters that you um, develop and stuff, and you know what they're going to do because you, you wrote it down on paper. Mm-hmm. Well, with this, you don't know. Yeah, you have an idea of what you are trying to bring out into the light or to the open or yeah. to address the issues and the conflicts. So you establish your conflict, you establish the potential conflicts, I'm sorry, and then you establish, okay, well, what is it that we can do to sort of um, cultivate these conflicts to where it'd be interesting and within the same, within the scope of, you know, of the reality show. Yeah. So it's very, it's, it's a lot of thought, it's a lot of, um, planning yeah. and basically what me and Winston, you know, figured out is that we're not going to have the luxury of knowing where the when the conflict is going to occur. So you have to be prepared for for any at any point. Yeah. Two people can start arguing. Yeah. So that's where having the cameras, having multiple cameras, you know, um, in in strategic places. And also determining the location and um, those things are going to be huge. Like, you know, having people address particular issues in a certain space that, Mm -hmm. you know, your cameras can be set up to capture. Yeah. And so that's really what the the directing is a lot of like strategizing as far as physicality, location, Mm -hmm. characters who's going to be involved what kind of conflict how are we gonna how are we going to take these these minor maybe they might be minor little seeds of of frustration or or conflict between two people yeah how can we get those to kind of like mushroom and and grow into their into a you know into its own little you know into a beast you know saying that can be interesting yeah. If that's how we want to do it, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a very fascinating role because, like, you know, I uh, I had a producer friend who worked on reality shows, like a Staten. Island, I don't know if you ever heard of Staten Island Hustle. Hmm. Uh, well, he worked. I'm he, not sure if I have. He worked on that. He it was a uh, it was a it was on I think uh, Discovery or TLC, one of those channels, and uh, he was explaining to me. He worked on other reality shows too, but he was explaining to me the whole process of like how they work, and he is really it's like because they had the producers are technically antagonizing the 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 star the, the people on the show like oh did you hear what so and so said about you and all this stuff so you have to do a whole bunch of shit and like <laughs> even like he was you just watch a lot of video of like because you have to write all those notes down then do the interviews 
after because it's like always after the episode or after they cut a, a yeah. rough so they know what they're looking at and go oh hey what about what happened over here why did you do this or you know why did they do that and they try to get sound bites and stuff like that so it was a very fascinating process of like a reality show and like we shot we shot i mean they shot a reality show for my old job and that was just a a, a process in itself too that was that was really unscripted really unscripted uh and yeah <laughs> i'll go I'll, that's all i'll say about that on camera um <laughs> <laughs> but uh doing that now what else after after this proof of concept that you did what what are you doing now what 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 are you aim, like you know what's the next project or what's the next project for you that you're going to aim for this year so um like i said my goal is to um finish lewis and do a lot of promoting um all the way up until it's submitted to film some shooting for sundance is and in any any other film festival that I can, you know, that it's ready for. But I also have been working on a, a personal project, a documentary. Um, and it it's not really anything that I say have, like, I'm, you know, in a rush. Or I'm trying to put together a production team because literally this is going to be me um, sort of uh, uh, just following this this overall overarching mm-hmm. concept of life yeah. and the realities of life and capturing different aspects of life as I see it, you know, just spontaneously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm in a place and, or, you know, whatever, whatever I'm doing. And so just really um, seeing all of, or allowing myself to see and feel life around me. And I feel like, I don't know why, it's important, but I think if I think about my most of the time, I spend it in front of a computer yeah. or in front of my laptop, teaching or editing, planning, watching, and so I'm always in this digital, you know, vacuum. I'm in a digital vacuum all the time in this tube. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so when I do get a chance to get out and be in real world, you know, feeling and, you know, with nature and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of like an anthropologist, like, <laughs> what's the world like today? You know, yeah. I'm discovering and <laughs> rediscovering, you know what I'm saying, regular yeah. ass life, you know? Um, well, that's very so, fascinating, regular ass life. That's, that's better than regular life. <laughs> right, yeah, you know, so I just, uh, so I've been, I've been wanting to, I just, you know, gave myself a, a hobby, mm-hmm. side hobby of, um, called life. And, you know, it, yeah. it gives me a sense of peace. It relaxes me. And, you know, it's, there's no pressure. Um, and so, you know, I have that. And then I also wanted to do something where I got a chance to, explore my sensual the sensual side my passionate side mm-hmm. and do something you know to to kind of another documentary that explores sensuality yeah. in the modern day in the modern um in our modern time so mm-hmm. i feel like you know again with so much quarantining you know a, a lifestyle of of um social distancing, how has that impacted whether we are aware of it or not? How has it impacted 
the way that we interact with people, how we, you know, do we do, is there romance, Mm -hmm. you know, do, is that an expectation? Do people still want romance in their interaction? Yeah. Do they just want to get to it? Cause Hey, (laughs) we might be, you know, (laughs) quarantining again. You never know. You know, I might be, heck, you know what I'm saying? Like, or are people more cautious? Like, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna get COVID by just putting myself in a social situation. I might have yeah. COVID two days later. Yeah. So, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna just see what I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, just rely on, you know, our, the digital escape yeah. to, you know, as a way to substitute. And those are for the single people, of course, like married, someone's, you know, with married couples. How, what is you know, is there, what is it? I, I'm yeah. super curious about just our sensuality, our sexuality in this age, you know? And I feel like that would make a really good documentary Yeah, um, to kind of explore it. It's very, it is very fascinating to explore that, like what this whole COVID is doing to us in, in the dating life and even in the, you know, romantic life in general too. Uh, well, it is romantic if it's dating. Also, I would say. Um, but yeah, that's that's very fascinating a way of looking at it because I'm like, you know, you see those Match. dot com commercials now, and they're doing video chat, uh, you know, right. ads and stuff like that. Or you know, uh, it's just it's just a very interesting way of how the world's working. And hopefully, by the time this episode's out, we're in a very less stress free COVID environment where it's kind of almost getting back to. Our, our old normal, if we're saying that we're new normal, which I fucking ate, but our back to our I actual, love that. our actual normal. Um, so yeah, I, I would right. like, yeah. So get on that soon. Cause like, you never know when this quarantine thing might end. So I would say hop on that quickly. <laughs> um, you know what? You're absolutely right. And, um, yeah, so yeah. that's, yeah. Good, good advice. You're, wel- You're welcome. It's free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Appreciate it. So, Right now we're gonna get into the second half of the show. Is there? But okay. first of all, is there anything else I'm missing that you want to say about your journey? Any last projects? That's anything else? Anything else that I'm missing that we missed out on? That way, not at all. Okay. we we literally covered the scope. All right, awesome. For the most part. So let's let's get to that second half, which is about our film okay. community. It's it's about the film. I like to ask about the film communities in general and all over the place. Whoever's on the show, but I also like to look at Vegas and see what the good, the strengths, the weaknesses, and what can we do to improve? Because you know. As a community, we need to improve and we need to get better and we need to like, you know, just see what is, we have faults and we're not perfect. And I want to know what people are seeing through their eyes and knowing if, if, if everyone's having the same, you know, same, you know, same negatives or weaknesses that we're seeing are the same. So I'm, I'm just curious as an open forum. Um, so let's start with the positive things in life. What are the strengths that you see in the Vegas film community? Um, I say the huge, the biggest strength is that the um, cost of filming mm-hmm. here is, I mean, you can literally go to most places in this city and bust the camera and not really have any kind of issues. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, within reason or whatever, but you can gorilla, you can gorilla. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yep. You really can be in gorilla mode. Um here so that i love um also um because filming is not you know most businesses they don't they haven't really it's not something that they have to 
kind of monitor, manage because there's so many people trying to use their establishment mm-hmm. to film in. You know, most of the time businesses are pretty open to their their whether it's the front of the storefront or somewhere inside yeah. of it, you know, being featured in a film of some sort of short film or video or whatever. Mm. It's typically open to it. I mean, yeah. it, it just seems to be, um, you can definitely approach businesses without having to bust the insurance, you know, documentation <laughs> yeah. and Permanent stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so those are some huge, huge advantages that I feel like right now, you know, most of us don't even take advantage of yeah. because we're still learning and figuring ourselves, you know, the whole filmmaking process out, yeah. period. But I know for, I've stepped out on faith and been like, you know what, we're going to go beyond, you know, the usual, you know, the typical location sites, which is outside or your own space, you know, your friend's space or whatever. And I'm going to start, you know, reaching out to businesses and, asking restaurants and especially with the reality show i was able to connect with veggie nation and do a scene inside of veggie nation which is a very very you know trendy uh you know uh, yes 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 yeah it's a dope it's dope inside of there um and so uh as well as with lewis went to a you know Mm -hmm. bar motel yeah you know what i'm saying we had different locations we were inside and so that was really great um another strength is the fact that if you do have to um get a license or a permit it is very reasonable very very um low cost in the permits and stuff to be able to film in the more you know um high traffic or established i guess the high what do you call it um places that like the strip or whatever oh, you know uh, in downtown it yeah. doesn't yeah it doesn't cost as much yeah. visible so it's mm-hmm. a highly highly visible highly recognizable area yeah of the city it doesn't cost that much so you know again it's something that with a small budget you can make happen yeah and there's incentives tax you know tax breaks mm-hmm. tax write-offs um depending on how big it has to be a certain the budget has to be at a certain point, but, yeah. you know, certain part of your budget you can write off. So there's incentives. And uh, in general, you know, casting is not, it's not so agent, you know, heavy. Yeah. Where you have to go through somebody's agent to get to them for, you know, for some roles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's the talent, the local talent, the actors, the people that are here that are putting in the work. You know, they there's some there's some quality um, actors here, um, talent here. Yeah. And so I feel like those are definitely positives. You know, those yeah. are some strengths that that can easily we can build off of. Um, you know, in the film community. Any anything else? Now we're going to get into the the weaknesses. So say anything else uh, strength wise that you want to say now before we get into it. <laughs> well, uh, no, that's it. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. What are what are the what are the weaknesses that you see through your eyes? Too clicky. <laughs> Wait. Let me. Can I ask you an honest question? And I won't be mad or upset if you say no. I haven't. But have you okay. listened? Have you listened to this podcast before? 
No. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't. Okay. That's like everyone <laughs> on this on this fucking podcast comes on and says this. It's too clicky. I shit you not. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that I <laughs> So I'm I'm okay. I'm not mad or anything or upset that you didn't haven't listened. But I'm I'm happy to know that even without listening, that answer's still number one. <laughs> Gosh, that's just that's crazy. Um, yeah. and we're all saying it, so yeah, it's, we it's, should be able to find a solution. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's the problem. Like, there's really like, what's the solution? Because it's like, you can you how can you break into someone else's click if you can't get into that click? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know people, I know there's other people that say, oh, well, I, I'm friendly with everyone, which is true. I mean, I can, I'm friendly with everyone, but I don't work with everyone. So like the thing is I can, right. you know, we're, we're friend, we're on friendly terms, but the thing is we like, it, you know, if we try to work together, maybe like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I, I only work with my guys. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem Or people work with their friends and they don't really allow actors to come on set to try acting and they could be really good as well too. Like. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of fucking shit like <laughs> scenarios and shit like that that can be played out. Yeah, I, you know, I've worked with because I'm not in a clique. Yeah, I'm an outsider. I'm on the out, I'm an outlier. Yeah, you know whether it's <laughs> how I identify, mm-hmm. my coming out story, how old I mean, yeah. I'm just out there. Yeah, so I have no other choice but to but to um you know, just uh, find individuals who would be willing to work with me. And I've worked with different DPs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had open casting. So the whole, you know, I only work with this people. I, I'm new. Yeah. In fact, it's so funny because the people that I've cast for my, on my production project, yeah. I'll find them with uh, other, other projects with individuals who didn't even know they existed. Yeah. And 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 they those that particular they might have more of a closed type of approach to how they produce, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And but but everybody be cherry picking the hell out of my out of, <laughs> out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'm cherry picked to death. So it's it's <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned the acting thing too cuz like you know, there's something I always say on the show where, like, if you take a pie graph and, like, the number used to be 90% of the actors on, on, in Vegas can't act. And now I'm kind of saying maybe, like, 85 to 90, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. being, or 80 to 90% can't, can't act. And they call themselves actors. And they, they kind of give Vegas a bad name in the sense of acting. Um, and it doesn't yeah. really help anyone's production. And, it, and that's what also makes sometimes it we, uh, our productions weak, in a sense, too. The acting is... Kind of hit true. or miss, but like there's a good t- ten to twenty percent of actors that are really trying to get there and make it happen for themselves, and I feel like they're they're not being shown as much as the so-called actors. Do you agree <laughs> or disagree with that statement? Um. Wow. Let me see if I don't get myself in trouble. Um. You can plead the fifth I, too. By the way, you can plead the fifth. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Just I should throw right. that. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so I am, I've noticed that in production, you know, in different films, films that the quality of the acting doesn't seem to be as critical to the director or, or who, you know, whoever's in charge of the final product, which is the director and producers, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and most of the time, they're the one in the same. Yeah. And I don't understand that. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't understand, understand the yeah. need to just put something out there that you know. What I'm saying is continually shooting for a B, yeah, a B or a C, you know, type of, you know, type of um, uh, performance. Yeah, when you know, you know, you can pull more out. It just what you have to do is you got to have a, a vision, mm-hmm. and you have to have the determination to tell someone who may have done a several different film projects yeah. that they're not giving you what you need. And, and that's a tough thing to do. And trust I, me. And and the and the piggyback off that too, no one can take critiques in this town also. <laughs> and 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 that's the truth. Like people get upset if you tell them like, hey it, like the thing is too, like no one I I think this is my this is all my opinion by the way, everyone. So this is this Ray is Ray is this is not Ray's opinion. This is my opinion. I think people in this town can't take critiques. I'm, I'm, uh, and I think that's the problem here as well because you know, like, there's two, there's two forms of critique. There's the one where the person's just an asshole and not giving you like the honest opinion. But then there's people that right. actually give you an honest opinion, and explain everything that's wrong with something, and and people can't, people are upset, butthurt about that sometimes too. And I've seen that. I've actually, I've actually witnessed it with my own eyes because I've actually. Uh, wrote a critique out to someone and they never responded back and they hid my comment on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I can, t- yeah, I, I, and I'm not afraid uh, to tell you that off camera who it is, but I'll, I'll wait for a- after the podcast to tell you. Yeah, definitely. I, and you know what? I've, I've come across on set where um, I did. Um, yeah. take the time to like the way that I do all my film, all my projects is we do rehearsals. Yeah. So we rehearse, we rehearse, we sort of build, um, a sense of like get comfortable yeah. with one another. So we do a little exercises and stuff. And then, you know, we do, of course we do a table reading and, um, we'll do table readings and then I'll say, okay, if this line doesn't feel natural for you, mm-hmm. like, I'll have, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's make some adjustments. So we'll make adjustments and then we'll kind of act it out and, you know, do, do a kind of acting, you know, with, within the space or whatever. And then even in the acting, if it's still kind of like the, there's some trip ups or kind of like people are stumbling and they're not quite getting the line Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't resonate. We'll, we'll continue to fine tune it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just really tailor it to where, when they're in, when we're finally, when we finally get to filming, you know what I'm saying? We've rehearsed and revamped and retooled and reworked and we're still staying within the story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so by that time, it's no longer, they're no longer actors. They're, they are who, they are these characters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, and it just, it's such a beautiful thing, you mm-hmm. know? And so, um, so I don't like acting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like acting. I want them to, because my characters, they're real life characters. You yeah. know, they're not like, we're not on the spaceship, aliens, you know. Oh, that shit, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. These are, you know. We're realists. You can actually, yeah. it's very realistic, right. Yeah. And so, so my, my process that I want, as we go from beginning to where we're wrapping up, is for them to be the characters, to be in the skin, to think, yeah. to have, um, to know what that 
that person what they like, what they don't like, how they walk, how they talk, how mm. they what what will finally you know tip tip them over. What are their triggers? Um, yeah. What are their fears? What are their you know what I'm saying? Mm. What do they want? You know yeah. what are what's the intent? And so, so where these people, these characters are living and breathing. You know they're yeah. breathe. They're yeah. So mm. so anyway. Um, so when I have some, when I do uh, find myself working with someone who may have did the formal preparation for, you know, a role or whatever, and they have those, you know, the the tools and the the techniques, yeah. basically. I just, I, I, I be like, gosh, okay, how do I um, help them to? sort of like not abandon their training but to trust to trust their humanity yeah. more than their training because i want the humanity that's what i want yeah i want you to be a human being in this skin yeah you know jump out of your skin put in yourself in their skin and i want you to be a living breathing embodiment of this character mm-hmm. now if that takes if you use a technique to do that awesome i don't have to you know cool as long as I get a living, breathing, you know, character. Um, but when, when I get like the folks, we lost Ray. Uh, so I'm going to, we're going to take a quick break and we'll try to get Ray back in a few. So what I was, but i what I found with, um, getting the, the, the cast together, uh, weeks, months, in advance <clears throat> mm. um, to before we start shooting and start, you know, just kind of like talking and, you know, yeah. um, working through the characters and giving them feedback and stuff like that, um, that some of those, I guess, uh, kind of like, you know, those type of issues as far as with the quality of the acting, they, they work themselves out because we're working through and we're working we're working on the characters you know as a yeah. team as a as yeah. a group so so those those are some things that and so what what i found is that um when i see them maybe in different um on different productions um i'm like what the fuck <laughs> like i don't know you could do i i just be like I didn't, what you know, like yeah. I ain't buying that. I'm not <laughs> believe. I don't believe that. And I, you know, of, of course, I won't say what, yeah. where, who, when, you know, how, whatever. Yeah. But, but I think it just really comes down to, um, you know, like every time you take on a role, you have to work. You got to work through. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You like yeah. got to work through your muscles and yeah. stuff. That's a that's a totally different character just because you was killing it. On this, you know, on in this role, on this set, doesn't mean you can just jump in and do the same thing. Like those are professional actors who yeah. have been doing it for years, and they still do it. They still have a process. And when I when I really started exploring and, and researching, you know, like mm-hmm. actors who have, I mean, who I I mean I highly respect. Like there's this masterclass series. And um, I, I, I want to uh, pull her name up. 
because she is just an amazing actress. I love her. Like, I almost am in love with this woman. But <laughs> because of how amazingly talented she is yeah. and how her masterclass um, is just, it's like she's been doing this in on stage and theater and on film for decades, okay? Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet she has a, has a way that she embodies these characters and she respects the craft to not just show up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because of who, who I am like, but yet in here, I'm like, um, okay. I know this is Vegas, but Zazam, you know, like (laughs) treat this like this is Warner brothers. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't know where this is going to be seen. And I, I'm, yeah, Ray Silver is, hey, look, I know I'm not big time. Yeah. But I don't think small time either. Yeah. So, no, I get that, yeah. you don't know. The, the issue is, too, like, you know, like, if you're going to take this not to heart, like, the the people that are talking about, like, the actors you're talking about, like, then what do you, why do you think Warner Brothers is going to be like, oh, we need to get that person for that movie? Like, right. you know what I mean? It's like any job. Like, you want to do the best at your ability at anything. If you're going to phone it in, then why even work? Uh, you know, so right. Is there yeah? Is there any other weaknesses that you see through your eyes in the community? Um, yeah, things are kind of hidden. You yeah. know, like it's like a needle in a haystack all the time. You know, what, what, um, ex- explain that one. What do you mean? What's hidden? Um, so like as far as um, uh, at least okay. Now that this is just my personal experience, but. Yeah. Knowing who are the go-to product like producers oh, gotcha, that are yeah. people that are yeah I back film like yeah. I want to back film. Well, that goes back um, to your clickiness or, too. That kind of like circles it back to that as well in in reality. Think about right. It. So you, yeah, that's true. So yeah, that makes sense. No, I'm, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you say though. I mean, that may, that, that's another weakness too. People is again, people are hiding stuff, which kind of again just it flows into that. Like, kind of flows into the bigger part of that clickiness. But you, no, continue, please. Well, yeah. So I um, <clears throat> I just thought you know if uh, there's no way people can be so um, scared about sharing. Mm-hmm. you know, their process or resources or even yeah. just referring you to somebody um, like as if, you know, if if you refer me, then they will never be able to use that person again. Like, yeah. oh, all of a sudden, I've, then I own that person. Like, there's a sense of like ownership of people. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't it's, get. It's really good, yeah. it, and it, so. Does it make community? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, um, that's why I said I get cherry picked to death because I make it a point not to claim, a, you know, individuals like, yeah. yo, if you, your path is going to take you where it's supposed to take you and mine is going to take me where it's supposed to take me. And hopefully it, our paths run parallel to each yeah. other for as long as that's going to happen. But I know cause it's hard to find someone that you can one work with two rely on three, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's gonna stay with you all the way through to the end mm-hmm. of the pro of the project, the production. That's hard. Yeah. Because people fall out or just they get 
you know, kind of like they get big guys and they start, oh, well, you know, I could be, I got, I could be doing my own right yeah. now because I just learned, you know, yeah. <laughs> I learned how to do this. And so they kind of like abandon ship yeah. on you. And you're like, whoa, I it, thought I had there's, a. There's no loyalty. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of funny because I, I got a compliment from someone, uh, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday? And they're uh-huh. like, because uh, I told them I was from New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey originally, and they're like, "Yeah, anyone from like the East Coast, you can trust them because they'll stick with you through thick and thin, no matter how." And they'll they'll like they'll be with you. I'm like, eh, "That's pretty much what I'll do." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Thanks." Like, That's true. I've been on projects where I've stuck it out to the end. I'm like, I don't leave ship unless I have to. Like unless like I can't just you know. One time I think I left ship, but I came back anyway because I was just so emotionally drained from a project. So right, yeah. Yeah, they, and I, I totally get that, like, you know, and so, um, but yeah, that's, so it's, it's, I think it's because people are not as committed to finishing things out, um, that maybe you might feel a little bit, you know, territorial about once you do have that dynamic and you do have you know, the, uh, the individuals that are willing to work with you mm. and, and stick it through and yeah. problem solve that you don't want to, you don't want to see them leaving. So you kind of keep, keep a lid like, yeah. you know, I, I know you won't know anybody that I'm working with. And, um, and I just, I've just, des- I've decided not to fall into that, 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 that mode because I, I understand it. I totally understand yeah. it. And so I like to let people know, give credit, you know, who I'm working with, share this, you know, share the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what I've actually, I've, this year I've told myself, I said, you know what, you're going to need to, you need to self promote race over. Like you, you do share the spotlight and stuff, but you need to, you need to get your, your own footing and you got to start making some headway as you know, in, in the area of directing or producing mm-hmm. writing or whatever it is, uh, filmmaking, and so that way you can get a job, you can yeah. get gigs, you know, you can be pulled in. And so I'm making more of a conscious effort Good. to, yeah. you know, self-promote more than I would, than I did in the past where I would be, you know, share it, share, 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 yeah. you know, I'd be okay. Like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> I just assume, oh, you guys know, you know who did this, <laughs> like, duh. Yeah. No, they don't, bro. Yeah. Like, you are giving <laughs> your juice away. <laughs> You're not, like, you know, I'm a no, but I know I'm a nobody. Like, and I, I, I mean, yeah, like I'm not gonna be like, you know who I am. Like, I can't, um, like, yeah, I just can't. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm doing the same thing this year. I'm doing more self promoting. I'm trying to be more self promotion as well. And that's cause yeah. that's a big thing. Uh, any other weaknesses that you see? Any, any more? Um. Oh, well, you know, I think that again, the local community, because yeah. <clears throat> because the film community is not as it's not out there and it's not visible yeah. to the average eye. That the businesses, the uh, you know, the the local businesses, they're not objecting to you know the you know, the side of the camera, you know, lens, you know, gracing their store or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, they're also oblivious that there's, and now I won't say oblivious. I, let me just, let me, re, I'm going to retract. Okay. I don't see as much uh, support from businesses 
on various various uh, uh, sizes of business to the film community. Like, and so that's probably because I haven't actually been into, been involved in any networking, mm-hmm. too many networking events. And and even if there are networking events, I'm not sure. You know, I don't. I'm not tapped in. And so yeah. I would say. Maybe that's not so much. The case. I, I mean, from what I've seen on networking events, and this is what I used to say too, like before, like COVID hit. But like, I feel like I always saw the same people, and all those same. Like, if they posted pictures of a mixer, I always see like the same people mm-hmm. at the mixer. I'm like, what? Who is like? Is no one really going to these, or like, are the same people always going to these? Like, what, what the hell's going on? So like, that too. I mean, I don't know. So so fickle. It's a fickle community. I like to say. Um, let me ask you this though, but what do you think we can get Vegas to the next level though? What what do you through your eyes? What do you think will get Vegas on the map? Um, well, I I do believe that a dedicated uh, studio yeah. that is has um sub, 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 I'm sorry some some subsidiary connection mm-hmm. to Hollywood or a major um. Uh, film city, yeah. you know, a major uh, market, yeah. ha- making uh, Vegas a uh, sending uh, a branch or an arm out here, yeah. specifically to develop film. Yeah, that that makes that, perfect sense. Yes, that would that would do it because you still we we're still we may know about the industry we may know based off our own experience we may be, be be able to pull from experiences that we've had on other people's productions mm-hmm. however this is not a city where you know where filming is just a regular you know regular staple yeah. of you know of the of the industry and even, of our economy and even when people film here which I've, I feel like I see a lot too is like they, they don't bring in local crew they bring in a lot of outside sources too. Right. From what exactly. I'm gathering. Yeah. So, I mean, I could have the wrong information on that, but I've, I've been saying that, but no one's really corrected me who's been on the show yet about that. So, again, I, if anyone is listening to this and I am wrong, please let me know and I'll fix these, that statement uh, from here on out. So, um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a lot easier for production teams to come from other cities yeah. here and get a ton of of like automatic like okay you got you're certified yeah you're, ooh, you you from ooh, you from texas you're from california yeah. from atlanta you're filming here like it's like oh well, you must you must know what you're doing yeah you know right and, and, and it, i mean and so but you know that's that's the thing like this city right here does not trust and have faith in its own people yeah um that's not only in the film community but that's in in, everything um, systems yes. yeah whether it's the university system they'll be quick to hire a, a coach that's from a different um different city or a different coming from a a, a, a mid-major uh, uh uh conference into this you know into this conference uh you know as opposed to hiring within you know finding someone that's got roots yeah. you know at unlv same thing with the superintendent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you gonna tell me there's nobody within the Clark County School District that can raise up and be superintendent? We always got to pull from, you know, from a different uh, school district or whatever. Or state. Um, or state, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I mean, so it's like there's it's it's kind of like a type of standard that mm. Vegas has established that they they look outside for quality first yeah and then maybe inside maybe uh, well <laughs> that also that's also something too like it's it's interesting because when i was when i moved here i always heard vegas is uh i think it's transcontinental so you're always like people mm-hmm. come and go here they don't always stay so i think because of that mentality, because of that mentality that's why we do the things we do and i think there's people in that in this pocket that don't want that mentality anymore yeah, I, I'm we're speaking about I'm, the bigger scope of Vegas or Nevada or Nevada, whatever the fuck it is. Right, <laughs> I say Nevada. Yeah, I, 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 I don't care how I, you say yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like, care either. <laughs> Just, I'll say it wrong, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll be proud about it. I'm from New Jersey, exactly. no matter what. Like, <laughs> like who the fuck cares? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Nevada's uh, such a weird name. Anyway, yeah. I don't even know where that name yeah. comes from. <laughs> Who knows? Um, oh, something I like to say too on the podcast about what can we do to get to the next level is is you know stop making the com uh, the comedies, the horror films, or the movies that focus on Vegas and make something more human. And I always use Moonlight as the example because you look at it mm. and Moonlight's a great movie. And also, like I didn't know that was Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like when I think Miami, I think. Yeah, I yeah, know it was Miami. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in Miami. That's where it takes place. I, if I've been, I've been saying this for eighty something episodes or eighty something episodes, so I, if I'm wrong, I'm gonna be really upset. Uh, <laughs> hold on, now I have to look this up. Uh, right. But yeah, like we have to make something like a movie like Moonlight, not Moonlight exactly, but a movie in the sense of a drama, something very like close to home uh, in that regard, and I think that will help us get to the next level. You know what? That's a great point, and um. I know I've uh, commonly wanted to highlight certain aspects of the city. I love downtown particularly. Um, I don't, you know, I do, I did feature the strip because I thought that would bring in the attractive for local businesses and stuff. Cause for grind, I wanted to be so supported by the, the local business community. Yeah. Um, So that was purposeful. But, uh, but Lewis is, um, is not it's not really focused on where we're located you mm. know um or the city itself it's mostly focused on the character yeah but the fact that you said that it does um, make a ton of sense and it's something that it will it will um mean that it's a film that can translate or it could be anywhere you know it's not because i'm in vegas that yeah. i'm you know at this bar or whatever drinking my life away yeah yeah or partying your life away yeah yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then a lot of times when they do have, uh, do film out, not locally, but like Hollywood or whoever comes from outside, they come to film here. For sure, they're going to, you know, feature the strip. Yeah. Uh, to make sure they, everybody knows, hey, this is in Vegas that yeah. this scene is occurring. So it is, I, I could see that. And, and it makes a ton of sense that to go to the next level, we can't just you know toss in a, a you know a, a scene or a b-roll mm. of you know of a casino and yeah. be like you know yeah uh, so that makes sense right we're getting to the final of the, po- the last leg of the podcast now we have two more questions for you two last two questions are first okay. one is what is your social media it's self-promotion time 
Okay, yay. So I have um, Instagram. Okay. I am on Instagram at r dot underscore silver s i l v r so silver no e and i'm all i also have an ig page that's silver stream so just as um you know silver silver no e s i l v r stream it's all one word nothing in between um so i'm on instagram uh under those two handles i also have a twitter account (laughs) i need to remind myself i have a twitter account (laughs) and my twitter (laughs) my twitter account is um under ray silver i have to me confirm that yeah it's race at race over okay so my um facebook name and my twitter account are just one and the same mm-hmm. um i'm also of course on facebook i have two different facebook accounts i have yeah. silver stream um has its own page mm-hmm. and also you know race over on facebook and let me make sure i cover <laughs> everything tiktok I almost want to say with my tick. I do have a TikTok. <laughs> I have a TikTok, and I bet you it's Ray Silver. In fact, I, I'm going on. Let me turn down. Yeah, it is Ray Silver. Okay. So literally, IMDb. I have. I'm on. I you know I have IMDb account. Yeah. Ray Silver. Uh, I mean, you just put you, you Google Ray Silver, and it should you know pop up. Should give you. It'll pop up, yeah. I literally, I Googled, I have Googled myself, and yeah. I'm pretty proud that I do appear in, just, in more than just Facebook. So All right, that's I'm awesome. I'm pretty proud of that. that, yeah. that is yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, and my last question for you is ask everyone at the end of the show is what's that last golden nugget you want to give to the people listening to the show? Oh, wow, that's super dope. Okay. Um, the last golden nugget. I'm going to take a couple seconds to think about yeah, go, go ahead. Take your time. Mm, okay. Now, let me, I just need to, is this just in life as a, in life in it general can, or in the, in the, anything, in film? anything maybe. you want. I think life, film, whatever you want to do. I, I, it's, it's your call on the last golden nugget because it's your golden nugget. It's not mine. Okay. <laughs> Well, I would say um, that uh, the uh, the best gift you can give to yourself is an honest look at yourself. Mm. If you can look at yourself honestly, mm-hmm. that is the beginning of a ton of evolution and growth. And wherever that takes you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's going to be... It, it's gonna. It's. It is what it's supposed to be. It's. It's gonna lead you to your destiny, yeah. and and I'm a huge believer in uh, destiny, and that all of our lives are, are are meant to have purpose, and that you cannot even begin to tap into that yeah. until you can, until you can be honest with yourself about whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So the best gift you can give to yourself is an honest look at yourself. And I think that actually 
ends the podcast in a great way because in the beginning you talk about honesty and how you were honest with yourself when you, were when you came out, your, your honesty came out in the way of creativity. And I think that's a really interesting theme about your, your whole journey as well to your, your honesty. Uh, and, but Ray, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great speaking to you and getting to know you as a person. And again, guys, thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Overcast, Tune Radio, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. You name it, we're on it. And I can't do this without my frame chasers. And I'm just trying to bring knowledge to all you listeners out there. And I hope you're getting some great, valuable information and learning something from it. Because we all have a story and we all go through things at the same time or at different times. I hope the people that are on the show keep inspiring you to chase those frames. Again, guys. Thank you again. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. And we'll catch you next time on Chasing the Frame. Peace, peace. This is the Chasing the Frame podcast, where we interview people in the TV and film industry, talking about their journey, how they got to where they are today. We do this podcast for the frame chasers. This is for those in the film industry, going hard, let them know who we are. Frame chasers, we're, we're not chasing the fame, no, no. Tell them what we do. Chasing the frame. This is the Chasing the Frame podcast with.